Welcome to The Way Church Service with Pastor John. We invite you to join us at 514 Smithfield Avenue in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. This podcast is presented to you by The Way Ministries, supported by listeners like you. For donations, live videos, podcasts, and more, please visit www.thewayministriesri.org. Thank you and have a great day. Ushering in the spirit, amen. Yeah, right. They all mean so much. They all. Oh, I tell you. How's everybody doing today? All right. Better now, right? I'm just so glad we can get together, huh? The world's going crazy out there. This is like a breath of fresh air to come here and just relax and say, listen, I don't have to think about none of that. Just about my Savior and what he did for me and what he's doing in my life. And we can fellowship with each other and put all our selfish ways aside and just come and visit the Lord. Amen? 
We get so wrapped up in ourselves and situations. It takes us far away from God all the time. When it's not even about us, it's about Him, you know. But we're stubborn and we always try to do things our way. And He tries to teach us. All right, before we get to uh, continue our study on spiritual growth, we're going to go to that beautiful scripture up there, 2 Corinthians 1. We're in the book of Corinthians on our studies. And this one is an awesome one. And you know there's not enough there for me. So I'm going to have to go a little further back. So Mary just said, I'm just going to put one. He's going to go anyway. Why keep going? (laughs) Mary's catching on. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you got the main one. Yeah. I'd like to keep the context. Let's go back to um, verse uh, 18. Apostle Paul talking to the Corinthians, and now he's talking to us as the Spirit takes over and leads our ministry. Amen? Yeah. Time to put all our cares aside. Look at verse 18. As surely as God is faithful, our word to you does not waver between yes and no. For Jesus Christ, the Son of God, does not waver between yes and no. He is the one whom Silas, Timothy, and I preach to you. And as God's ultimate yes, he always does what he says. Maybe not in our time, in his time. He always does what he says he's going to do. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with the resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for His glory. Amen? It is God who enables us. Number Look at verse 21. It is God who enables us, along with you, to stand firm for Christ. He has commissioned us. And he has identified us as his own. This is going to go directly to what we're going to be talking about tonight. The the Spirit always comes through with this. When he says, look what it says in verse 22. And he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts. The moment you become a believer, the Holy Spirit comes and indwells you. Okay, And now you are sealed until the day of redemption. And it says... It's as our first installment that guarantees everything He has promised us. Amen? So that's the guarantee. The Holy Spirit lives inside each and every believer as a guarantee that heaven is our home. Amen? And it's no longer based on your performance. It's no longer based on any of that. It's only based on what you believe. If you believe Jesus is the Son of God who died for your sins and rose again, He plants you, he plants you in heaven eternally. And thank God for that. Amen? Now he's working on us experientially while we're down here. We know that we're still not all we ought to be. So we understand it's two different things. The penalty of our sins has been taken care of. Heaven is our home. That's locked in. Thank you. The foundation is built. Now he's building his house into our... We're the temple now. He's building a new temple. We're the temple. But now he's going to take away some of the old possessions that are in that temple. He's tearing down the old stuff. And that's what we're going to be talking about tonight and how we're going to persevere and how he's going to take care of that. And sometimes we kick and squirm at the way he does it. But let me tell you something. Father knows best. Amen? He knows best. And if we keep hanging in there, we're going to get through it. Amen? All right. So let's go. we're going to go to where we left off about some of the reasons why every believer should persevere. Now, is perseverance required to go to heaven? No, it's not required. Perseverance is just something that we should do so we can get through this life with peace and comfort. Okay? You don't, it's not necessarily a guarantee that you're going to, listen, it's a choice. How many of us are still going through trials and troubles? Here you are. So you are persevering. You're hanging in there, waiting for God to make things better. Right? But let me tell you something. While you're waiting for God to make things better, He's making you better. Amen? That's what He's doing. And he's trying to teach you something in every situation in your life. And thank God he is. He's never going to give up on us. Amen. The Holy Spirit is in and it's sealed. It's in your heart. And it's not something that flies around the room. 
The Holy Spirit is the Word of God. Amen. And it dwells inside every believer, which is Christ. Okay. <laughs> this is gonna be this is gonna be really good tonight. Okay, so pay attention. Now, whatever's been plaguing you all day or what you've been thinking about, leave it at the door. Because if you don't, you're not gonna be able to listen and we'll hear what the Spirit is trying to teach you. Amen. The Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Time to put all our cares aside and listen what the Spirit is trying to say to each and every believer tonight, okay? All right. I'm going to usher it right in. All right, last time we got together, the second reason why we should persevere is for provision for the race. We left off here. He's provided us everything we need to live a godly life down here. We have been provided everything we need. Can I get an amen for that? And he's not saying you can do it in the flesh. He's saying not by my, your power, but by mine, through the Spirit of God. Everybody gets saved and they try to do this in their flesh. I'm going to be good today. I'm going to get up and I'm going to do good. And I'm going to do this and, I'm, and we fail miserably. Until we decide to let the Holy Spirit do the work, we'll whatever get accomplished. Amen? Okay. So you know that. We left off in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Um... Verse 8. We're going, to, we're going to read this through and we'll get into the second principle. Second Corinthians is an awesome study we're doing. You stay in that book. Look at verse 8. And if you haven't listened to this whole message, you can go back. Right, Brittany? It's all on the website. All these studies are in order and on the website. So they're all correlated because I can't go back to each time. It'll take all night. So we're going to have to keep moving forward just... Stay with me now. You're going to learn something tonight. We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, Apostle Paul, or brothers, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed. Or you can say about the troubles we're going through in America. You can say that. Let's bring it here tonight, okay? Because he's talking to us right now. He's bringing this alive. It's alive right now. About the troubles we're going through in America or in our own lives. Any of us going through troubles in our lives? Yeah, we're still going to heaven. Thank God for that, right? But we want to experience some of that now. There's some things we're going to have to do God's way and not ours. And he's going to teach us that, okay? Crucifixion of the flesh is what we're going to be talking about tonight. Now, he said, we were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. And we thought we would never live through it. You ever get into this Christian walk and says, I can't live, I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. We come to the end of ourselves. We want to just, I can't, I'd rather just die. I can't do this. But this is the point of the turning point for the believer when they come to that point. See, when you come to that point, now you can say, okay, now God's going to do it. I finally see I'm at the end of it. I can't do it anymore. How many of us come to the end of ourselves? You're in a good place, believer. You're in a good place if you've come to the end of yourself. Because this is where God can take over. Now listen up. It's a, the blessing is in the brokenness. And we thought we'd never live through it. Look at verse 9. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, as a result from this brokenness, we stopped relying on ourselves. Now listen up now. Listen up good what it's saying here. And learned to rely on God. Do you see what it says there? Listen, highlight that. Learned. It's something that you have to learn how to do. It's like going back to school again. You have to learn how to rely on God. Can I get an amen for that? It's something that doesn't happen by osmosis. You have to learn how to do that. And the only way you're going to learn how to do that is to go through trials and temptations. Okay? That's how we learn how to do this. Who raises the dead? Now, are you dead? No. He raises the spiritually dead and he awakens us spiritually. So now we're, we're risen from our, from, we die to our flesh. It's saying, I come to the end of myself and now I'm risen in Christ. And now I'm going to let him teach me. But I have to learn this. Okay, I have to learn how to do this. You know when you go to school and learn how to do things? Well, the Bible is teaching you to learn how to live, think, and act. It's the same thing. We have to relearn things again. As a matter of fact, the younger you are and you find this, the better off you are. Because you can put aside all the things of the world easier than when you get older like me when all that stuff's infected in here. It's like circulating and it's hard to get it out. 
like Jeremiah, he's got the ultimate advantage, right? He's getting truth from jump. He's learning a way of life right from start. So we, we already paved the road for him. And Jasmine, she's young now. She can, she doesn't have to get infected with all the stuff we got infected with and fight with now. How many of us fight with our sin nature still because how much it infected us? Right? Our behaviors, our feelings, our thoughts. We fight with that because we gave in to who? Satan. We gave in to him and now we got to fight these battles for the rest of our lives. We have to make peace with that. It's going to be a struggle. Don't you wish we could just get delivered? Yes. Believe me, it's a bunch of baloney. Nobody gets delivered like that. We get delivered by unlearning the world's ways and learning his ways. That's how we get delivered, okay? Okay. As long as we get to know that. Let's be real here. Don't you wish I can just zap you? You're not going to be angry no more. Zoom. You're happy forever. You? No more pain. Zing. How's that? You wish. Everybody wants that, though. You'll notice that there's Christians that will go to that to get delivered from something that they don't want to struggle with anymore or have to fight through. Lord, just take it. Where'd it go? It's still here. He's going to say, I'm all right. I'm going to, I'm going to deliver you. Here you go. Here's your deliverance. Starts from Genesis to Revelation. I will deliver you. And if you don't open this, you're not going to get delivered. And most churches won't open that. They'll just do everything else. But all you get here is the Bible for an hour. That's what you're going to get. Something that will help you to what? Crucify your flesh and live for a purpose. Amen? Okay. Now look what it says. We expect it to die. Verse 9. And as a result, we stop relying on ourselves and to rely only on God. And look at verse 10. Who raises the dead. And he did rescue us from mortal danger. And he will rescue us again. Listen. When you first got saved and he rescued you from the penalties of hell, he's going to rescue you from whatever's plaguing you now too. Can I get an amen for that? He said he will do it. We have placed our confidence in Him. If you have placed your confidence in Jesus Christ, He will get you through it. But if you still have confidence in yourself, you're going to fight this all the way home. If you think there's something you can do, it's not going to work. That's a fact, right. If you think that there's some power within you that's going to help deliver you from yourself, you're in for a rough ride here. Or you're going to kick and squirm and say, See, what he's trying, listen, what I'm trying to tell you is, once you get, once you get, he gives you a new life, see, your old life doesn't, you can't come into the new life. If there's still some things from your old life you want to bring into your Christian life, it's going to cause problems for you. He says you have to let it all go. All your desires, all your lusts, all your needs, and all your wants have to be crucified and left there, and let me start a new life and give you new desires and new needs and new wants. You can't take the old life with the new life. It just doesn't work. And then when you want, when you still want some of the old life and you bring it into the new life, you get mad at God because you think he's depriving you of something. Can I get an amen for that? God is not depriving us. He's delivering us. Okay. We are placed this confidence in him and he will continue to rescue us. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 now. Alright, is everybody with me so far? Yeah, this is going to get better now. Just hang in there. Let the Spirit speak tonight. Look at verse 7 of 2 Corinthians 4. We now have this light. What's light? What do you think he means by this light? It's the truth. If the light is the truth. That's what it is. You have the light. You have the truth. Shining in your heart. See, the Holy Spirit comes in, and that is the spirit of truth. Okay? Because the other spirit is the spirit of deception, the Bible tells us. See, the world deceived us the way it raised us. See, now that we have the spirit of truth, we have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars, okay? Containing this great treasure, okay? They're saying that we're broken vessels, 
but we contain this great treasure. Okay? Now look what it says. We now, well, we now have this treasure in clay jars. This makes it clear, listen now, that our great power is from God and not from ourselves. If you are gaining power in the spiritual life, believe me, the power is not gained through you. The power is being gained through God. And if you're not glorifying Him, He's going to send something to break your pride. And I'm going to keep going on this, okay? It's God that's given you this power. Now look what it says. We are pressed in every side by troubles. Can I get an amen for that? Think about all the times that you lived in the world and you were pressed on every side by troubles and how you handled them. And how you're handling them now. You're starting to handle them in a much better way. But we are not crushed. You're still here. Think about the troubles you still go through in your life, right? Here you are sitting here. Look, even though we're going through troubles, we think that they're so bad, but look at you. You all look healthy and fresh. You see it? The, the devil makes us think that we're like, oh, this life is terrible. This Christian life is horrible. Look at all I got to go through. That's what the devil tries to do to you. And he wants you to go back into the world for comfort. Just listen now. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. Tell me about it. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. How many times do you scratch your head? I just don't know how God is doing. I don't know what good's going to come out of this. I don't see anything good coming out of this circumstance. Can I get an amen for that? We get perplexed and confused. Say, God, you're saying you're working this all for good, but I don't see anything good here. That's because our flesh doesn't. See, the spirit is different than the flesh. You see, the flesh is not going to see anything good that the spirit does. As a matter of fact, it's going to see, it's going to see terrible things. This is rotten. This is no good because your flesh wants to come back to life and the spirit is trying to kill that. You have to understand the principle. Your flesh is not going to like what the spirit is doing in your life. Like making you not say anything when somebody says something to you that's offensive. And you keep your mouth shut. You say, how is that any good if I can't speak my mind? I, I don't feel any better from it. As a matter of fact, I feel yucky because I can't get my two cents in. Well, God is doing you a favor by helping you crucify your flesh. If you keep your mouth shut and do things his way, you're going to stop being free of that. Of having to get resentments and revenge. Which holds us in bondage. You know what as well as I do when somebody says something that's offensive to you as soon as you... Hmm. Yeah, right. I hate you forever. That's it. You have a resentment, and then you never like that person again. When they could have done a hundred good things for you, but one good thing that you don't like about them, and bang, I can't stand them anymore, and that resentment builds. And forgetting all the good that they might have done in your life for you. Can I get any amen for that? Okay. Who wants to get delivered for that? Wouldn't you rather just say, hey, they're just having a bad day. I'm going to give him a pass. Because when I have a bad day, I need a pass too. When I open my mouth when I shouldn't, God gives me a pass and he forgives me. You see what I'm trying to say here? The flesh gets crucified that way. If you, if you revile back, it becomes alive again. Right? Okay. Now look what it says. But we're not driven to despair. How many of us, be honest, want to walk away from this? At times. Saying this is too much now. Be honest. Be honest. And if it's not too much for you. Maybe you're not doing things God's way. See because when you're doing things God's way. In a world that's going wrong. You're going to have problems down here. You see but when you're doing things. that are And following the devil. You're not going to have any problems down here. Oh my life is hunky dory down here. That's because you're not living for God. You're living for yourself. And the devil's not going to bother you. He's going to bother you when you say no, when somebody treats you bad and you still love them. And you still do good to them. And that's what makes the devil, what? Hate you. And he comes back with what? More bombardment and more people in your life. And he's building endurance in us and strength of character. And most of us get upset with God over these things. But he's changing us. I don't know about you, but I'm changed. Believe me, I come from the street. When somebody does something to me, it's never forgotten. I'm just waiting for the right time to get you. 
And I'm not, it's, it's already, it's already recorded. It's right here. There's an X right here. You know it. Anybody knows it and that lives in the world knows it. Somebody does harm to you. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let it go. But it's right here. I'm just waiting. Right? That's the flesh. The spirit says, I'm not waiting. You know what? If I do that, it's going to come back to me, the Bible says. Look, if you know truth and you get like that, it's going to fall back on you. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. If your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing so, will burn heap burning coals of shame on their head. It stops it. You fight evil with good. Amen? Okay. We are hunted down. Look at verse 9. We are look, look, if you're trying to live godly down here, you're gonna get hunted down by the devil. And you know who the devil's gonna use? People, places, and things. Okay? Don't accuse, see the accuser is Satan. We're gonna talk about this. He's the accuser. And he wants you to attack the people, the places, and the things, and not go after what's behind it, which is the devil. You see? So then it wounds our testimony when we get mad at people, places, and things. But it's not them. It's being, they're being controlled by an evil force. And you know, if you understand it, you know that they're getting sent to you. Here it comes. Whenever you get blessed, you should just get yourself ready because something's coming. A counterattack from the devil. He's going to come and try to take away that blessing. Can I get an amen? I'm trying to teach you so you can understand spiritual warfare. That's why he gives us the Holy Spirit. We're hunted down. But listen, we're never abandoned by God. Now, believer, how many of us feel sometimes that God left us? See, that's because it's not a feeling. You see, the devil wants you to feel like God left you. It's not a feeling. It's a fact that he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. The teacher is always silent during the test. See, God's testing you. And he's building your endurance. So he's not showing himself to you. He didn't leave you. The Bible says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. If you believe that, then you have to go beyond how you feel or what you think. The devil's crafty, isn't he? Yeah. He gets us at our weakest point. He gets us at our weakest point to stop believing the lies. Look, we get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. I don't know about you, but I... I'm, I'm surprised. All the things that happened to me in my life since I became a Christian that I have never retaliated against, how, like, I didn't, like, lose it and snap and go postal. Because I gave it to God. Believe me, when you come from a, when you come from a mindset from payback and evil and payback, that's all that you think. You're going to explode eventually if you don't give it to God. How many of us still explode? Don't answer that. We all know, right? No, we're all going to heaven, but we still explode down here because we <laughs> because we haven't fully submitted to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. <laughs> you know, you learn something here if you listen. Listen now, but we're not destroyed through. So look at verse ten now. Okay. Try teaching them. It says through suffering. It does not say through blessing. It says through suffering. Does everybody see that in the Bible now? Okay, so now you understand. Don't ask anymore why I have to suffer. Okay, so now you know through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus. What does that mean? He's Through the suffering, he's killing our sin nature. That's what it's doing. It's killing it off. And we suffer till it dies. Look what it says. Why? Share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. You see, when your sinful nature dies and you start living for Jesus, Jesus starts showing up in your life. In the things, the way you act, the way you think, and what you do. You see? But until you get rid of your sin nature, that can't happen. And that's the problem with this Christian struggle. We're all the way to go home. Getting rid of the crucifixion of the flesh. And saying, I need to let Jesus show up right now. Right now, Jesus has to show up when I really want to, I really want to say what I want to say and get out what I want to get out. Jesus has to show up then. Not just at Bible study or in church. It needs to sh show up at the moment of truth when your flesh wants to take over. 
This is what we're working on here. Growing spiritually. So we can stop. Nope. I know my flesh and I know Jesus. Right now, I can show Jesus if I choose or I can use my flesh if I choose. What am I going to do? I'm out of excuses. That's what God says. You're out of excuses. I just told you, you don't have to do that. If you're choosing to do that, that's your choice. If you're choosing to do His will, that's His choice. Very simple. Hard though, isn't it? The moment of truth. Now look what it says. Yes, we live under constant danger of death or our sin nature because we serve Jesus. You see, whenever you decide to serve Jesus, our sinful nature is always getting tried to put to death. You see, so anybody serves Jesus, right? We're constantly in danger from death. Death of what? Death of our sin nature. It's always coming to try to kill us so we can actually do something effective for the kingdom. You see? So when you decide to serve him and get inside this army, he wants, it's killing our flesh all the time. So you're going to get more problems. You have to understand the principle. Get it? Until you finally say, all right, done. I am not going to try to do this anymore. I am going to die. When that happens, and then you can see the resurrected life. Get it? This is the struggle we all go through. And that takes a long time. A long time. As a matter of fact, it takes your whole life. You get it? Everybody wants this spiritual growth like in a year. You tell me one one-year-old that knows all the principles of life. Show me somebody that's two that does. Show me someone that's three. Show me someone that's four that knows all the values and principles of the world. Or five, or six, or seven, or eight. We're talking years now. Nine, ten. Just remember, when you got born again, that's how old you are in God's life. And that's how really, in your spiritual life, that's how much you really are. Even though you're older in your body, that's really how old you are materially and spiritually. So you have to understand, I ain't nowhere near where I have to be. I'm still a baby. And then you could give yourself all the baby grace you need. And you can give other people baby grace. Believe me, grace is baby. Having grace is because we're we're young and ignorant and we don't have the fullness of our maturity yet, so we need a lot of God's grace. Can I get an amen for that? We don't use it to keep sinning. We use it to overcome it. And he gives us more grace. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. And then we start growing up. We grow up through pain. Growing pains. Same principle. I get an amen? Thank you. Because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. Now he's saying, see, we're not dead though. Our bodies are not dead. He's trying to say through your sinful nature being crucified, Jesus is going to show up now. Now. While you're here. Don't you want that? Don't you love to wake up and be like Jesus? Just let everything go. Live a joyful life and accept where God has you? That's what he's working on in you. But he's not, listen, what we try to do is change outward circumstances. What needs to change is us and our perception of what we want and our lusts and our desires. Because those can't come into the kingdom. You can't take them over. And when you do, you end up fighting God. And being miserable and wanting to go back to Egypt because you still want the lusts of the flesh and not the things of God. When you still want the lusts of the flesh, you are going to be one miserable Christian. The lusts of the flesh don't come into the spiritual life. They can't. God can't indwell that. That's why you've got to put it down. And then when you still want it, you complain because I'm not getting my needs met. Needs in the flesh. Believe me, all your needs are met in the spirit. Through the word of God. It said that everything you've got is here. It's already provided. You have it. Just because you don't feel it doesn't mean you don't possess it. See, it all comes down to faith, my brothers and sisters. Alright, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to keep moving along here. See, like having Christ and knowing Christ is two different things. A lot of people have Christ and they're going to heaven. But they don't know him. 
Get it? They don't know them. They have them. I had them a long time ago when I used to go to church. But I didn't know them. I just listened to whatever they said. I didn't know him personally. I never used them, never tried, never said, I'm going to let him teach me how to live. Never. I didn't never talk. I never. So now I'm getting to know him through the word of God. And now we're in a Bible-believing church that's teaching how to know him. And that's why it's so hard to get over the flesh because we're just so used to going to church, putting the money in the basket, and going about our lives and doing what we always did after we left. No transformation. But that's not what the Bible teaches. He says, you're going to die and I'm going to give you a new life. So I never learned that. I said, no, I was always taught, say these prayers, yeah. say this, kneel, stay, and yeah. pray, and you're going to be okay. And maybe you'll get to heaven. I'm like, so I ain't going. I ain't going. I'm going to catch that holy water on fire. Let me tell you, because there ain't nothing good in me. I know there ain't. And there wasn't nothing changing in me either. I was getting worse, as a matter of fact. My wife will tell you, I used to come out of there angry. I said, I'm not, nothing, it's making me, making me worse. <laughs> Because I can't, if God's always pointing his finger on me, looking at my sins, I'm like, oh my goodness, how can I ever go to him? You ever go out and try to talk to someone that's always condemning you? You can't. You run away from them. I always thought God was a harsh condemning judge that's looking at me. And if I don't repent and pray and this, that, he's going he's gonna to send me to hell. So I ran from him. I was improperly taught. Look at verse 12, um, 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7. Now you guys have got a lot of revel you get a lot of revelation here. This is what this is what's gonna happen to you because you have the revelation, okay? You have a lot of light from this ministry. But when you have a lot of light, now you can't claim ignorance anymore, though. See, that's what you have to understand. You can't say, Well, I didn't know. Back then God winked at all that because you didn't know any better. Now you're not ignorant to the word of God anymore. So now look what it says. Look at verse 7. Apostle Paul. He's the only one that saw Jesus, the risen Christ. And he saw heaven. Okay? He saw it. And let me just tell you something. A little side note. Anybody who's going to serve in ministry and how deep it's going to go is how much is going to get revealed to you. He's not going to reveal to you something if you're only going to try to keep it to yourself. But if you're going to give up and try to serve him, he's going to send you to a lot of tests. He's going to re reveal a lot to you because you're going to have to suffer much for his namesake. But Apostle Paul had to go to jail, get whipped. He had to see something, he had to see something amazing for him to endure that. Just imagine, just imagine a casual Christian getting beat and whipped and thrown in prison if they don't renounce Jesus. The first thing you say, nope, I don't know him. Get it? He got seen so much that he couldn't, he couldn't refuse, he couldn't deny what he saw. So he had to keep going. How much you're going to have to suffer for my namesake? He penned in 13 epistles. He had to see more than anybody else to what he had to endure. So that's how it works with ministry. Now look what it says. Even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming proud, this is a problem in churches now, spiritual pride, even though they really didn't get much revelation. The flesh. I was given a thorn in my flesh. Now listen what it says here. A messenger from Satan to torment me and to keep me from becoming proud. How many of us have a pride? How many were raised with pride? So, we have it, right? We have pride issues. Never let him see you cry. Never say this. Never let him see how weak you are. Pride. Right? Look what it says. To keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan, to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Ouch. So God sends torment if he has to. See how, see, you can't figure that out, right? Why is he going to send the messenger to Satan to me? Because you have a prideful heart that you can't see. So he's going to send you something to keep you from being proud. And keep you dependent on him. Look what it says. Now this is how bad it must have been for him now. Think about it. Three different times he said, I begged the Lord to take it away. How many things in your life do you beg the Lord to take out of your life? How many? Think about what he's saying. How many times, I'm going to say it again, do you beg the Lord to take some things out of your life or people or places out of your life? 
And they ain't going anywhere. And they don't leave. Right? Am I right? Now, each time he said, my grace is all you need, for my power works best in weakness. Now, here's the shift in his becoming spiritual mature. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses. See that? When you tell people how weak you are, that's when you become humble. Not how strong you are. See it? So now I am glad. Because he got tormented so much, he was glad to tell people how weak he was. See it? So that the power of Christ can work through me. You see, the Christian life is based on a struggle between the flesh and the spirit. For some reason, we still think that we're doing it. You see, after God gives you the power, we really think that it's us doing it. And he has to say, no, it's nothing to do with you, and I'm going to show you why. And then, boom, he sends that torment to us, and here comes our flesh again. The pressure cooker comes off, and you start getting nasty to people, reviling back, and all that, because he pulls his hand back and says, see, that wasn't you. That wasn't you controlling you. That was me. Since you thought it was you, now I'm going to show you that it wasn't. Can I get an amen for that? That's what spiritual pride does. So he has to knock it out of us. See, I'm trying to teach you something here. It's Christ. We can't do it. Remember we said we come to the bar end of ourselves? When you mean you come to the end of yourself, says, I can't do anything God wants me to do in the flesh. I can't. I know nothing good lives in me in my sin nature. So that has to die. And when, it, when, when you think that you are doing something, he's at to show you, no, your, your sin nature got resurrected again. And I'm going to show you where. And zoom, he's going to send something out there, and you're going to start screaming at people, getting mad, not praying, and thinking you will always think you already arrived somewhere. And he's going to show you, you're back to square one again. See, it's a daily dependence on God and his power. Now, look what it says. This is, what spirit, this is why I'm trying to teach you spiritual growth. So that, look, so that the power of Christ can work through me. Look at verse 10. You know how long it took Paul to get to this point, by the way? Literally almost his whole life, okay? Look, that's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults. Do you take pleasure in getting insulted? Honestly. How can... How can he come to that point of taking pleasure when he got insulted if he wasn't grown up spiritually? And none of us think that we are? No way. How many of us take, oh, thank you for insulting me. Can I buy you dinner? No, no, we're not there. So that's why God knocks the pride out. He says, no, you're not, see? Don't tell me that you're mature. You're taking pleasure in an insult. Imagine thanking somebody for insulting them. For insulting you. Try it. That's how we know we're very weak. Look. So I take pleasure in my weaknesses. And in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and trouble that I suffer for Christ. See, that I suffer for this Christian life. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You see it? You don't... I don't know about you, but I didn't realize how weak I was until I got into this kind of a life. I thought I was pretty strong in this world, you know? Going to work and doing the things that I... I thought I was pretty strong, but I realized I, I can't control my temper. I can't control people. I can't control any of that. And, like, I'm weak. And every time I try to try, I get miserable. I say, wow, I can't control... I thought I was strong. I'm very weak. But I'm strong in Christ because now... He's changing my perception, not the circumstances. Now I'm saying, wow, okay, that ain't going away. Traffic ain't going away. Then people that insult me ain't going away. Those people that are character assassinate me aren't going away. Well, I'm going to have to accept them and love them. Or else I'm going to have a miserable life down here. Or else I'm going to have to become a monk and go in the, <laughs> and go in the wilderness. That's what some of us want to do, right? But you can't get away from you. You think it's all that, but it's really you. In your sin nature. That's possessing you. See how blind sin is? We think it's all. We think well if I just close the door in my house. Lock the door. Go downstairs. Shut the lights. Everything's going to be good. No. No it's not going to be good. 
Because that's going to give the devil its workshop. Now he's going to start working in your mind. So, wow, I thought I was away from all that. Here it all comes. Ooh, he's back. You can't get away from you. Exactly. You can't get away to yourself. So the sooner you can say, it's me, God has to change me, then you're going to get somewhere. Not that, me. God's going to change me in the way I see things. And how many of us fight with that, honestly? How many of us fight with change? But he loves us, and he's going to keep going. All right, go to Philippians chapter 3. Am I getting through so far? I'm trying to give you an understanding of you and of God and how awesome he really is. And how he, just imagine. Just imagine if it did depend on your performance. I mean really what's in your heart. Not how you sit in church. I mean what's really in your heart when you're really nasty and stuff. Imagine if he judged us on all that. You'd be like, oh man, you got to turn up that fire six times to burn me, all the sin out of me. Look at Philippians 3 verse 10. And I feel bad if somebody says, well, I'm really not that bad. Watch out. When you say that, God is going to show you how bad you really are. You know when you compare yourself to other people? Well, I'm not. I'm not really that bad. I'm a good person. I'm going to pray for you. Because God's going to show you how bad you really are. Philippians 3 verse 10. Look what he said. Apostle Paul, he counted everything else he learned as garbage. He was studying under Gamaliel, Bible study, the Bible theology. He was becoming the chief Pharisee of all Pharisees. He counted all as garbage and considered knowing Christ Jesus. Look, I want to know Christ. Now listen, we have him. Now we're getting to know him. But then an experience, listen now, an experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead, which is the old life. He, you, he wants us to experience that resurrected power of us not letting our sin nature come out. That's what he wants us to you want to experience that. That's going to take some time. And that's what we're working on. You experience it, res- resurrected power. But first you have to understand how you have no power. See, once you can understand that there's nothing good in me, then you can experience the resurrected power when things go, when you do things for God. Now watch. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead or experience the new life in Christ. Wouldn't you love to get up in the morning, right, and experience that life for Christ? Getting up, hi, all your neighbors, you're all happy. Traffic, no matter what's going on, people, all these things are going on in your life. Nothing changed, but when you get up, you see things a whole new way like you were in heaven. That's an experience. How many of us want to experience that when you get up tomorrow morning? Well, we're working on it, okay? That doesn't happen by osmosis, okay? It happens by learning and renewing your mind to understand that things are not going away in life. I have to accept them and accept my lot in life and not try to change things, just accept where God has me. If you can accept that, that's where you're going to be okay. God's, God's doing, using things to change me. And he's got his plan for my life. I'm going by his plan, not mine today. When you get up and say, your will, not mine, be prepared. It's not going to line up the same way. You're not going to have like all strawberries and peaches and beautiful mornings and the sun coming. No, you might get rain and flat tires and kids yelling and all kinds of crazy stuff. But his will be done. You see? If you can accept that, say, hey, I'm just glad I'm alive. That's resurrection power. Being able to what? See through all that. And that's just God. It's just life. That's maturity. And now listen now. Not saying you already got there. Now he says, pressing toward the goal. See? We have a goal here, right? Let me say that ministry has a goal. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection or maturity. But I press on. 
to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. What does it mean, possess, possess that perfection? You are perfect. The moment you believe in Jesus, you are perfect in God's eyes. That's what he's talking about. You know when you first get saved, how you felt? That perfect feeling. I found truth. I found Jesus. You know that pink cloud? Gee, oh, you just felt truth. And it just came into your heart and flooded you. And you found something. Wow. You know when you first got that, how great it felt to find Jesus? Well, he says, I want to look. Look, that, look, he says, I want to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. Remember that first joy you had? In order for you to get that back, this is what he has to do to perfect you. And what he's doing in your life now, he's perfecting you so you can have that back. Who wants that back? Well, you ain't going to get it in your flesh. Okay? Little news flash for you. It ain't coming back unless you let him bring it back. Okay? He has to live his life through you. Look, he says, I am not achieved. Now, I'm gonna, now, before we close, I just want to say what the problem is and why a lot of us can't get there. Okay? This is why a lot of us can't get to that point. All right? Are you listening? There it is. Don't miss this. This is the whole point of everything we're talking about now. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not yet achieved it. Or some manuscripts read, not yet achieved it. But I focus on this one thing. Listen now. This is everything. Forgetting the past and look forward to what lies ahead. You have to forget your old life and what happened in your past for you to achieve the victory in Christ. It has to go. Everything back there. All the lusts, all the needs, and all the wants have to get left behind. And if you can't leave them behind, you're not going to experience a new life in Christ. Ever. Ever. Till you go home to be with Him. Forgetting the past. Look. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Now, let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree at some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. But now listen, but we must hold on to the progress we have already made. We've already made progress, you see? we got to hold on to that. And not relinquish our progress and go backwards. You have to hang on to that progress we've made. Get it? You can't give it up. But you have to forget the past. Look, it's the past that's holding you back from enjoying this. You still want what you had back then in the Christian life. And it just doesn't happen. It's a new life. You have to start a new life. You have to give your life to Christ. You have to give your life to a ministry. You have to give yourself to the Word of God. You cannot have the things you used to have anymore. They have to go. But God is gentle with us and he takes them away slowly. Because we wouldn't be able to handle it. Remember the Jebusites. Remember he said, I'm going to take them out gently. Remember he said, you're going to give them the promised land? But it's already possessed by other things. You have to go and take it. I'm giving it to you, but you're going to take it. Remember? The Jebusites, the Hittites. And he says, once you take them, you have to get rid of them all. Remember, if you don't, they're going to be a constant battle for you. If you don't. And they never let them all go. And they were a struggle all the way. If you don't let your old sins go and your sin nature, it's going to be a constant struggle in your spiritual life. That's what the principle is. You've got to let go of everything in the past. And if you don't know what it is, we provide a program for that on Mondays. To get rid of the past and look forward to what lies ahead. Which is holding you back from enjoying the freedom in Christ. It's nothing on the outside. It's always things that are going on inside us. You cannot take the old life into the new life. That is what's causing you heartache and problems. Sorry to say. But if you don't want that anymore, boy, you can have a great life. I'm starting to enjoy my Christian life now. And let me tell you something. Nothing's changing out there. It's getting worse. But I understand what God has been and what he's doing. He's getting rid of me. He's not getting rid of that. He's getting rid of me. And that's what he's doing in each and every believer's life. He's getting rid of you. And he wants Jesus to show up every morning now to work. Reporting for duty. <laughs> Jesus. 
Not John. John's left behind. John's in the grave. And that's the process of sanctification that we go through. Or else, if you want to have a great life, you have to understand that that has to go at some point. And finally, when you get miserable enough from the sins, you finally let them go. Say, no, this isn't for me anymore. I'm done. I'm done choking and spitting up all the meat. All the sin. Remember they wanted quail in the wilderness? We want meat. We're sick of this manna. So you want meat? Okay, you want your sins back? He flooded them with so much meat they were puking it. So they couldn't take anymore. So if you want, don't, let me just give you a little warning. If you want your sins back, he's going to give them back to you. With a vengeance. He's not going to deprive you of your free will. If you still want your sin nature back, he's going to give it to you. And he's going to, you're going to fall hard from it. Because he loves you and wants to see how bad it, he wants you to see how bad your sin nature really is. So, so if you really want that, I'm going to pray for you because I've been there already and it's bad. I thought it was bad before. It's even worse when a dog returns to its vomit. Trust me. The Bible tells us. When you experience this and then go back to your old ways, you are better off not knowing the way of truth than to experience and go back to it. It's twice, it's harder and worse. All right, we're going to have to stop there. All right, so when we get back again, we'll go on to the next principle. I'm going to talk. We've got an awesome scripture in Zechariah I want to share with you. It's so powerful. All right, thank you for letting me share that. I hope you've got something to take with you. Brittany and Jasmine will come up and sing, and we're going to close.
awesome. Good job. That was nice. Shannon, you think you can close with some prayer tonight? Thank you. Amen. Thanks, Shannon. Thanks, everybody. Have a great night. Have a great weekend. Be safe. God bless. Until we meet again.